Yeah. There we go. We got it right, folks. <laughs> what's up, everybody, man? Or as like Ash likes to say, what's up, everybody? We are another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast, and we are your host, Dion. Brandon. And not Nate again. Round two. Yeah. Round two of the John and Brandon show. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty applicable at this point. Yeah. Just kind of its own unique thing. Because Nate gave you some stuff when you missed a couple, so you're going to have to... Yeah, yeah, and he's now he's missed two, and you're the only one who's never missed an episode at this point. No, I've missed an interview. Eh, that's but true. Not like a full-on episode. Right, yeah, so, so. That's, I guess that's kind of different. And that was a unique one because we had to do it on a weird day at a weird time, so. Right. Yeah. Couldn't get off of work for kinda, that one. Kind of give you a pass for that one. But here we are, folks. You know, today we're going to talk about the UFC fight night, Gastelum versus Cannoneer. We're going to talk about some PFL, Bellator, some bare knuckles, some boxing. We're going to cover the whole gambit today. I'm excited. And uh, we're also going to preview the fights coming up this weekend, UFC Fight Night. It's in Barbosa versus Gige Chikatze. We've kind of got a long row of fight nights coming up. We Which don't, I'm here for. Yeah, we don't have a pay-per-view until the 25th of September. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's 266. Yeah. That's... So. um. Uh, Volkanovski and Ortega, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got about a month's worth of fight nights coming up. Hey, you're welcome, folks, because <laughs> usually it's, you know, pay-per-view after pay-per-view. And, right. So know. this is going to be good, a little good on the wallet. Right. Here. So what's uh, what's new with you this week? What's new with me this week? Nothing much. Kind of had a little COVID scare this weekend. Ooh. Yeah. That's the, wa- the worst. The wife was kind of sickly, so ran and got, you know, you can buy COVID tests now. Mm, I didn't to the house. Yeah, I didn't know that. 25 bucks a pop. You get two tests, so ran and got one of those and checked everything out. She was good to go, though. So this weekend's been pretty pretty uneventful for me, mm-hmm. pretty much just hanging out. Yeah. Being lazy. You know, obviously this COVID stuff's ramped up. And uh, so, like, at work, people were able to not wear masks if they were vaccinated for, like, a week, maybe two, and then it was back to masks, which I didn't have the vaccination, so I didn't take the mask off. I'm sure. not really – and, and I don't really mind saying that I haven't took it yet, but it's not – that I don't want to per se. I just either haven't got around to it or haven't when I, maybe if I had, I hadn't felt like super confident about it. Were they actually like checking to see if anybody had the vaccination? That's the thing. I went to Kroger yesterday to get that test and the sign there said vaccines required for the, or no, it said if you, if you're vaccinated, you don't need a mask, but it's strongly encouraged. And if you weren't vaccinated, you were required to wear a mask. Yeah. And I saw a bunch of people in there without masks. And here, let me just preface this with, I don't really have a, a dog in this fight, but it just still in my mind, I'm like, okay, so who's going around and just verifying that people have been vaccinated? Like, can you even do that? Can we walk around and ask people? <laughs> yeah. There's a weird, a weird line with HIPAA laws, but I think cause your vaccination card only says if you have or have, it, it doesn't say anything else about your health. As far as like having sure. conditions, so just whether or not you got the dose, yeah. The so doses. that can they could probably ask for that because it's a, and it's because also it's a business. Yeah, and if they want to set a, a, it's no different than a school, I guess. Yeah. You know, if they want to set the regulation. Well, and at work too, the casting. I work at the casting plant, and it's smaller than the other plants. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent confident that ninety eight percent of the people there have already had it because mm. so many people went out when the first rush came through. I had it. Last Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's another reason why I'm kind of not super... Um, Too worried about it? Yeah. You can have those antibodies. Yeah. I mean, granted, I could probably take the vaccine and get maybe more. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know, man. Now there's boosters. We got all sorts of stuff saying. coming it's, out, man. <laughs> I don't know. So it's 
you know, anytime I get a little tickle in the back of my throat, I'm like, oh man, I hope I don't catch round two because it was bad. <laughs> yeah. But it just, you know, you get fatigued from it too. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't have, I haven't had it. Nothing I know of. So I'm hoping I don't have to deal well, with here's that. Here's the thing. Hopefully you had it and just didn't get. That's a good point. Cause I was symptoms. pretty sick. And I was one of those that was real sick and like. It would have been like January, like before that March time when everyone was freaking out about mm-hmm. it, right? So I'm kind of one of those that's like, I think I might have had it, but there's right. no way to know. So. Yeah, and you know, you're seeing a lot of fights get canceled for it again. Uh, so events, and yeah, it's it's here to stay. I don't know what I don't know if people think it's just going to disappear. Yeah, but. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the next and, couple months brings. So the good news is, and this is how we're going to segue into this. Oh boy. We got some contenders in different divisions that can step in in the case of COVID situations. True. So let's talk about this uh, this main event last night. We'll start at the top and then work our way down to some pretty cool little nuggets. Okay. So starting with Cannoneer Gastelum. Yeah. What did you think? It was a good fight. Um, I think you and Nate, I think, well, I know Nate predicted Gastelum via decision, Names. right? Yeah. And you, I think you both kind of were in agreement that it's probably going to go the distance because Kelvin's just so hard to put away. Right. In that fight, it, it you know, if nothing else proved that because right. Gast, or I mean, uh, Cannonier dropped him, what, at least twice, I think? Yeah. Um, put on a pretty decent display of power, landed quite a bit, and Gastelum just did not go away, kept pushing. Right back up, man. Um, yeah, a lot of good leg kicks from, um, from Gastelum. He he had a good pressure, but I think Cannonier was just a bit more, I don't know, man, because he, he thought he won. I, what I saw, and I've only watched the fights once, but what I saw from that fight was I think Cannonier just did a bit better in terms of technical. Mm-hmm. landing technically i suppose the bigger shots yeah he landed more he dropped him more um mm-hmm. gaslam was never able to really get in on the takedowns and finish him i think if he could have we would have had a different fight on our hands but right. i think once he uh every time he'd go to the back you'd see cannoneer just use that i used to be a heavyweight strength and break his hands immediately <laughs> and, yeah and they talked about that cormier yeah. talked about that he's like look when these guys get on his hips they even when they beat him to his hips they can't get him because he's just that strong yeah i couldn't imagine i mean like i said this dude and what's crazy is like his his body doesn't look too too much different at two oh five to eighty five. Like I seen a picture of his progression. Obviously at heavyweight, yeah, everything was bigger. His face was a little bit fatter. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was just a little bit more kind of rounded, not as chiseled. Right. But man, at eighty five, he's just he's yeah, a different animal. Yeah, it's like um, I don't know. It's like when you see, like rumble or something where it's just like you're just way too strong to be down here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good that's a good example. And you, I will say this though, you know, obviously props to Gastelum because I didn't know if he'd be able to take those bigger shots because Cannoneer does have so much power. Yeah, I mean they were talking about uh, he's never been finished for some reason. I thought that Adesanya finished him. I mean he he got pretty close, yeah, right? He, I, I mean, mean yeah, Adesanya Adesanya dropped him probably four or five times. He dropped Adesanya a couple, yeah. and then in the fifth, Adesanya just kind of. Refused to lose, and and I think Calvin was trying to do that in the fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he kind of learned from that like situation, like in that war with Adesanya, where it's like I can't let off the gas because if he goes hard. But I think the problem was that Cannonier was was his footwork and his counters were so clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had Cannonier winning by he won by unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we said that. Yeah, but man, it re- really sucks for Gaslam because you look at his like record who he's fought and he just he's really good i mean look at what the war he went through with adesanya yeah. and now look what adesanya's done to the vision since yeah. he's fought him right 
And so Gaslam's just like that guy where if you don't catch him with something crazy like a heel hook, right? Um, who hit him with the heel hook? Was it Hermanson? Yes, Jack Hermanson. Thank you. Yeah, boy. But anyway, um, you know, if you don't catch him with something crazy like that, you're in for a long night. And yeah. it just kind of sucks. He's been on the losing end lately. Yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting. Um, <laughs> Brandon's chair was squeaking. I just had to. Oh, he's trying to communicate with me real quick. Yeah, I was trying to. It's easier when there's a third where you can be like, "Hey, dude, tell him." Yeah, okay. His chair squeaking. It's chair squeaking. My my bad, guys. No, you're good. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's unfortunate for Gasolin, but even more, man. You know, it's like that. Um, who's somebody like that? There's certain fighters who just are really good, but just struggle at the top. Cerrone. Cerrone, yeah. <laughs> Cerrone. I feel like RDA's had a similar thing when yeah. he always gets up there and never really. Kiesa. Yeah. Lee. Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about him in a minute. Yeah. Right. And then you, you have the guys like the um, Benavidez and Kenny Florian and stuff who never get over the big, big hump. Yeah. But, yeah, for Kelvin, it's – but I, I, I still come back to – it's because he should have been a welterweight. I don't think he should be at eighty-five. He just couldn't make the weight. Yeah, it's just it's just, it sucks when he was at seventy, man. Because a lot of guys, when they make it down to that weight, you can see a big difference in their body. And I, it's been a minute since I've seen Kelvin when he was getting down to seventy. But for example, like he just didn't seem. It didn't seem like he looked too too different. Like he looked smaller, mm-hmm. but he wasn't very cut. He didn't have a ton of muscle definition. Maybe that's just his body type. But it was just a, kind of a weird thing. Like I. You know, I don't know what his body's supposed to look like when he gets lower. Yeah. Didn't he have to weigh in twice, Kelvin? To this time? Yeah. I wouldn't surprise me. I think he did. I think he was like 0. .5 over or something. But then it's just like, even that, it's like, you know, you're one of the smaller guys at 85 mm-hmm. as far as like your stature. So do you think that's just like a discipline issue? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, he has cardio, so it's not like the guy isn't in shape. Right. So it has to be something else, you know. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if his power with these guys at the top at 85, most of them, I mean, they're all strikers. So, yeah, that's true. There aren't very many grapplers, but, yeah. His, I mean, the only few that I can think of where his power really translated was the Bisping knockout. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, yeah, Tim and Kennedy. And he has really good one, too. He has good boxing. Um, his striking looked good last night. It just... He wasn't able to land a lot of big stuff, and he ate big stuff because mm-hmm. he's not necessarily this um, super, you know, crazy technical striker. It's where he's throwing like head kicks and switch kicks and this and that. It's right. usually a good one-two, a jab, and then a couple hooks, a couple hooks, leg kicks. Mm-hmm. He tries out, which he did land a couple good ones. But then I seen Cannon Air land a couple good ones, and he kind of stopped yeah. playing that game. And then start towards towards the end, Cannon started checking a few of them too. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was the last round, he checked like two or three really good ones, and I was like, Ugh. Yeah. just always waiting for a leg to snap. Now when that happens, <laughs> especially with somebody like him, man. Yeah, the tree trunks. You seen he kicked he when he kicked Anderson in the <laughs> leg. I think he like disconnected his like his MCL or something. Yeah, like he didn't like break anything, yeah, but yeah, that's you don't want that you don't want that guy kicking you. No, <laughs> it's not going to feel no, good. No, no. But you know, it's unfortunate for Kelvin. You know, good thing is he does a lot of these last minute step in. So hopefully the UFC throws him a bone. Maybe Kevin Holland or something. I don't yeah, know what his bones. I, I don't be. know. I don't. I didn't watch any of the press or um, pre-fight press conference if they did anything. So I don't know if Dana's talked about it. But mm-hmm. I'd imagine they ask him. You know, I think that's. Quite a few in a row for Gaslam. Yeah, so. he's he's not in a good spot. I think he's like one in four. Yeah, 
Um, I know he's got that recent-ish win over Heinish, but outside of that, it's sort well, of been... Well, that and, you know, I felt like the Till fight was a little close, but, you know, it's one of those things where that's a couple fights ago at this point, so yeah. you can't even try to, well, actually, I'm two and five. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Not, yeah it's not going to work. And then for Cannoneer, man, I don't know if... Did you watch his post-fight? Um, I watched up to the point... Or he was just kind of really a lot of it. He was commending Gaskell saying he did really well. And then mm-hmm. I think he's, didn't he say something like he thought he was, there was like two names that made sense outside of it? Well, he said, what he said from what I heard is, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's all it was, but I was at the bar and I kind of rewatched it when I got home was, um, he said he wants a title fight next, but he's broke. So yeah, yeah, if yeah. they give him a name that. that makes sense, he'll take it basically. Yes, I did see that. That's crazy, man. Number three in the world in that division. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'll be interested to see what it comes out with how much he make. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're not a champion or you don't have, you know, fifteen plus fights in the UFC, usually you're not making um, a super killer wage there. Yeah, so, it's really unfortunate. But yeah, and, and you know, it's tough, especially you know we were just talking about the COVID stuff and what it does to fights, but. They don't play about that in New Zealand and in Australia and stuff. Ooh, especially now. I think New Zealand, if they get they got one case and shut everything down, mm-hmm. we yep. get it'll take a hundred thousand for us to shut everything. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, hopefully we don't. A lot of businesses right. aren't going to survive that one. But mm-hmm. taking that further into the UFC, you know, with Adesanya being in New Zealand, Whitaker being in Australia, somebody like Cannonier probably can't wait if something like that happens and they get locked down and they can't you know, fight. Yeah, you're going to have to take something. Yeah, which, I mean, we do have the um, Costa. Who's Costa fighting? Mm, Vittori, right? Yeah, Costa Vittori. You know, you could have that winner since both of them guys have already lost to Adesanya. If Costa makes it, yeah. he's sort of been. But, hey, maybe that's a t- that's an opportunity to step in, right? Costa yeah. doesn't. Costa's not showing up. And then you have Till and Brunson, who both of those could make a case, which Brunson a little bit less because he's already lost to Adesanya, but I think Till and Cannonier were the two that haven't fought Adesanya yet that people are kind of trying to push more yeah, Till. In there. Yeah. Yeah, the Till fight would be a really good one, man. Just, I don't, But I just don't know if Till can... I mean, he already fought Whitaker, which that was a good fight, too. That was a close mm-hmm. one, but I just don't know how I see him. I guess right. everyone else is strikers, so he could do pretty well still. Yeah, there's a... But, like I said, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yes. You know, if Cannonier loses this... Kelvin still is probably two fights away from trying to get back to Adesanya because mm-hmm. of his recent run, but that's obviously a really big win. Um, but for Cannonier, in a perfect world, he would get the winner of Whitaker and Adesanya because he's right there. But like I said, you know, with injuries, COVID, who knows? And he, if he needs money, I mean, there's people out there to fight. So. Yeah, maybe they can throw him in. I mean, he may get a title with the way things are shaking out. You never know. Yeah. Maybe somebody can't make it and he, he jumps in to or Adesanya or Whitaker. Yeah, a little interim action. Mm-hmm. Oof. <laughs> I hate that stuff. Well, let's move on to this co-main. Okay. That, so we that had, was just weird to watch. Yeah, so, okay, this one was kind of disappointing for me, right? Because you have Clay Guida, Team Alpha Male, mm-hmm. Ultimate Wrestler, great guillotines, and just always on the gas pedal. And then you have this new guy, Mark Madsen, coming in, and he's a Greco World, Greco World champ, silver medalist. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting... A really big wrestling showcase and some some fireworks, right? I think I talked about this on the episode last week. Oh yeah, and I'm not saying this was a terrible fight because it was a, it was a good fight. It was a technical fight. It was mostly stand up, and but for me, it was just wasn't it just wasn't impressive. 
I'm just gonna be right. honest. It, just, it was just kind of underwhelming to me. There was there were some good exchanges. It was it was just mostly a technical battle, but it was not what I expected from two wrestlers. Kind of mm-hmm. kind of shades of the Colby Usman fight, mm-hmm. but Colby Usman was obviously very entertaining. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was my thoughts on it. Yeah, you know, I I I remember saying last week for Clay, you're looking for that. Like I still deserve to get these bigger fights and not be a gatekeeper. And I'm not saying that he didn't put on a, you know, it was a very Clay Guida performance as far as just like the tempo. Mm-hmm. And that second round, he really turned it on. Um, but, yeah, I, it definitely was a little underwhelming. Yeah. Um, so we had Madsen winning by, it was unanimous decision, right? Or was it split? It was split, I okay. believe. I saw it, yeah, because he was freaking out because yeah. he was really excited about but, that. But, you know, and for him, I know he's had a tough road to get to this. Um, mm-hmm. DC kind of touched on it. His wife got diagnosed with something. I know yeah. he's been struggling trying to get he's i mean he's he's like 37 he's an older guy yeah 37 he's 11 and 0 or 12 and 0 now so um yeah he dedicated the fight to his wife right so he's got some stuff going on he did have a call out he did i know you were a fan yes thank you for reminding me he called out gregor galepsi which i think is a fantastic matchup he said a guy in the division says he has the best wrestling I don't know what type of wrestling is it. I know it ain't Greco-Roman. <laughs> well, listen, if you're going to make a statement like that, when you go out there and you, if you get this fight with Galepsi, you better put on a showcase with your wrestling because that's what I'm looking forward to. Or you throw in that razzle-dazzle and you try to knock him out because he's thinking you're going to try to wrestle. Uh, yeah, that's the game, right? When you're a wrestler, you never know what's coming at you. Oh, yeah. So, But, yeah, I thought that was a, it was a close fight. I know um, a lot of people felt it was kind of up in the air. Yeah. You kind of don't want to see either one of them guys lose. Clay Guida just because he's just a legend, mm-hmm. and then with this Mark, you know, he's just had a tough road. So, yeah. yeah. Well, moving on to the fight that I was the most excited for outside the main event was Pantoja and Royville. This was probably my favorite fight of the whole card. Oh yeah, this man Pantoja comes out, throws like one punch, and goes straight for the takedown, baby. <laughs> um, jumps, gets to his back immediately, mm-hmm. controls that that hip in the back position you know it's funny because we just was kind of working it a little bit that's true jujitsu um but man his um his back control different level yeah and his ability to get to the back is different so for those you didn't watch pantoja won by uh round two rear naked choke Mm -hmm. but the way he got to this guy's back he he was he was behind him in that um sort of rear like he was going to suplex in that position from standing and he Jumps backwards and has hooks like a crab ride. So for you wrestlers, it's sort of similar to a crab crab ride. Brings him down to the ground and then throws his hooks in immediately on upon landing. Mm-hmm. So that's probably not going to make a lot of sense when you hear me talk about it. But go watch it because it was insanely, insanely technical and really cool to see. Right. Yeah. And you know, uh, Rival did a really good job of um, defending the rear naked. Mm-hmm. You know how to scramble to get up. Mm-hmm. But I just think it was, and even in their stand-up, it was weird because Pantoja almost looked a little tired, it looked like. He was just kind of lunging in and yeah. it was real lazadaic school. But then he would, boom, level change, get right back to that back, and then it's like back in his realm. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like when guys are really, really good at something. So for me, for example, like I can go do jiu-jitsu and it would probably take a while for me to get tired. But mm-hmm. if you ask me to do like 45 seconds of shadow boxing, I'm going to be breathing heavily right. after about 40 seconds yeah so maybe that's just one of those things like when he's not in jujitsu it's it seems to fatigue him a bit more because mm-hmm. he's not as you know well and he might just have wanted to save i guess save that energy yeah for when they got to the back because you know once he um once he, i think he got to the second round correct yeah mm-hmm. it was second round yep 
when he ended up getting back to that back position, he need him in the back of his leg to lift, kind of do that lift up, and that's when he planted him back again when he actually got the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling you, like, even his wrestling scrambles look good. Yeah. Like his level changes when he was in that kind of referee position and following him around, keeping right. that arm over that seat belt. Mm-hmm. He, uh, it was just, like I said, it's just funny when you, like, train something and then you see it in the fight <laughs> and you're like, well, I guess that is really good. You can, yeah, you can, you can appreciate it a little more. Right, yeah, so, but, yeah, no, Pantoja looked great. Um, Brandon Royville, you know, he's still a really good fighter. I think yeah. um, that division doesn't have a lot at the top, so I think he, you know, he still has a lot of good fights for him, but I think it's the real star of the show here is Pantoja and, you know, the guy has two wins over the current champ. Mm-hmm. He has yeah. uh, he submitted him and he thirty twenty seven him. So Brandon Moreno was in the audience, wasn't he? I believe fight. so. And so um, I didn't hear Pantoja's post fight speech, but I think it had something to do with fighting Moreno again. Yeah, because I saw Moreno shaking his head and smiling like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you're Moreno, you kind of this is you've obviously done a good job of building yourself back up, but this guy was a big part of his initial downcline mm-hmm. to getting cut and coming back or whatever, yeah. you know. And for Pantoja, I think, you know, obviously you do have Askarov up there. But I know he has some issues with weight. Askarov? Yeah. Yeah. And when you come to a title fight, if you miss weight, there's no fight. That's true. Unless they have a backup fighter. Comes in Pantoja. But that's but I've seen some people argue that Pantoja, they might want to set up the Pantoja fight with Moreno ahead of Askarov because of Pantoja don't have the weight issues and you don't want to risk... Mm, I can understand that, but then I would just ask, like, okay, so then at what point are you comfortable throwing Askarov in there then? No, I I agree. I'm just saying that's just something that I've seen seen thrown out. And, I mean, it is interesting, you know, because you don't want to – it was Ariel Hawani who I said who posted it. um, About throwing throwing him in before Askarov? Yeah. Okay. And you do have the backstory, the buildup with Moreno and Pantoja. I don't know. You got He's got a, quite a few options, Moreno, because you got still got. I don't know what Figgy's doing. Mm-hmm. I think they're still maybe setting that one up. You've got Pantoja and you got Askarov. And I mean, you could do Askarov and Pantoja. Yeah. To fight, you know, the Figueredo and Moreno winner. I'm sure Pantoja would like that. I'm just not sure how Askarov would feel. Right. But, you know, it's good to be in the position for them to have you know four or five guys up there who could step in because that's that's not been a very um, big division as far as having a lot of contenders. No, it's a good problem to have, yeah. right? It's a good problem. It's sort of like the lightweight division. It's not mm-hmm. that intense, obviously, but it's a kind of a good problem to have when you've got seven, eight, nine guys that are all kind of at the top because yeah. you just, you know, just mix and match and see what we can do. And, you know, I think it kind of puts into perspective that division too because, you know, we talk about how crazy 55 is at the top mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there's not a lot of visions that are that crazy. But when you talk about this, you have Askarov, Pantoja, who's beat this champion twice, you know, Figueredo, who, you know, for a minute there, people didn't know when he was going to lose. And then mm-hmm. obviously Brandon Moreno who's kind of rebuilt himself up. Something else that really it's kind of annoying is this that division, you know, fly, flyweights really don't get a whole lot of love. Right. No. But, and that really sucks because when you look at just raw talent going like transitioning between the different areas of mixed martial arts. Right. So going from your boxing to wrestling to jujitsu and everything in between. I don't know that any anybody does it better than your 25ers yeah i mean especially at the top level man yeah you know because you still have um alex perez joseph benavidez you know kai Kara francis coming up yeah like the tim elliott's and obviously kai Kara francis fight in garbrandt 
So, you know, you throw him up there. But, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it is it is a little uh, unfortunate. But, you know, I think they're starting to put on some performances that you can't really deny. Yeah, and I think with Moreno winning the belt, too, now you've got a whole, you know, a whole country with a lot of eyes on it, too. Mm-hmm. So that's just going to kind of help. So I'm really glad the division's still there. Obviously, we had a time where we were like, I don't know if we're going to have 25ers. Yeah. So to well, still have like, them. Cejudo just jump in divisions and there wasn't anybody there for yeah him and yeah so i think it's hopefully this will even kinda... mighty mouse mighty mouse yeah. was clearing things out and, mm-hmm. and i think he was the first one who kind of put like the these little guys have everything and they you know they're 100 miles an hour the whole time could you imagine if we still have mighty mouse well the way he's looked on these other <laughs> well i think i think that's just more of a testament to the other organizations no for, no for sure but i'm saying as deep as you know these smaller weights are now in the UFC. Yeah, he, he might have some struggles. Right, but he was just the guy for so long, right? So it'd just yeah. be cool to think. No, for sure. You know, you'd like to see some of these guys be able to even have him as like you know they're passing the torch fight. Mm-hmm. But, and I think that's I think Cejudo kind of lost some of that. I mean, I obviously you know your career, man. You know, I can't tell you to keep fighting, but there was a lot of still good stuff, a lot of good meat on the bone for him for Cejudo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he still had some good ones up there, especially now, man. I don't know what it is, but since he's left, man, that division's really kind of come into its own. Mm, so. and, I, and I know for at first a lot of us thought that, you know, he was going to, like, go out a year, some people are going to get built up, and that's how he's going to get some more fights, and it just never really happened. Yeah, he's too busy doing a podcast now. And, and like I said, good for these guys. You know, mm-hmm. I'd rather them not fight if they're not into it. Yeah. You know, as much as I'd love to see, you know, Habib get beat up. <laughs> Never going to happen. Well, not now because he's 170 pounds. but <laughs> so Probably like 185, yeah. 190. <laughs> He'd have to fight Anderson Silva. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> um, but, no, it's as much as you'd love to see these guys keep fighting, you obviously don't want to see them do it if they're not into it. Yeah, yeah. So, Well, I do want to mention two other guys on there. We had, as you called him, the refrigerator, William Knight. Yeah, dude. That guy. <laughs> and I, um, the... He wins by knockout and yep, round one. The way he got that angle, he threw his whole body weight to the right because he was too jammed up to like throw like a regular hook. Mm-hmm. Throws all his body weight to the right and just throws that left hand. It it remind me of a just one of your basic run of the mill street fight videos you'll see on YouTube. Like <laughs> yeah. dude just backing up, throws something crazy and lands it. And I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I think that's just a testament to him being right. A I massive, mean Francis. Yeah. But I mean, that's yeah, and just that guy was—I don't remember seeing him fight before. Like I said, I don't—I'm sure I have, but yeah. when I saw him on the screen, I would just—I remember seeing some, his name, but yeah. yeah. But he's just a big boy in two hundred five. I can't imagine having like having that dude in front of you. I know. Right. I yeah. mean, you thought he was a cannoneer. Yeah, that's what you said before we started. Yeah. So yeah, one hundred percent. I do have a fun fact for you that I seen on Twitter. Okay, William Knight is one of the pound for pound strongest people in the UFC roster. By the way, how do we know his weight room feats are legendary in New England? Per this guy, I don't know his name, Tyson Cartier. Okay, Knight once did forty seven reps at two hundred twenty five pounds on the bench press. Okay, so compare that to your NFL guys because <laughs> that's a that's a combine thing, yeah. right? What's what are they look? What are their numbers looking at? Um, I can't remember. They got to be kind of around there, right? Well, they're not doing 47. They're no. doing like 28, 29. I don't know if it's Dang. more weight than that. 225? No, I'm pretty sure they do 225. Yeah. I'm almost okay. positive. I mean, yeah. And they're 47. 47. I can hit 225 one time. Yeah. 47, <laughs> man. 47. That's, I mean, you see it, though. Yeah, you can 100% tell. That dude. I wonder. I'd love to. He's another one I'd love to talk to and see what his... 
like what is strength and conditioning regimens like? Like how much of, of, of what we see is you still in the weight room doing all the things you do or just how much of it is just kind of a natural, this is part of just your genetics, mm-hmm. right? Because, yeah, he's just one of those guys. It almost reminds me of like a Yoel. Like he's just a very unique specimen. Yeah, yeah no, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, USADA is in his door. All the time. <laughs> yeah. They probably just like have a guest room. Cause <laughs> and then um, the last guy I wanted to bring up was this uh, Ignacio Bahamudez. Sounds Mudez. good. I'll take it. Making his debut. Mm-hmm. He's winning the fight. Five seconds left at the end. Just like releases this wheel kick from who knows where. <laughs> he just knocks this guy clean out. Mm-hmm. Super emotional, obviously. Sure. I mean, you can't get much of a better debut than that. No. That's like the Terry Adam Barbosa kick, you know. Yeah, like that's going to be one of the ones they yeah. use for their intros for yeah. a while now. He'll be, even if he doesn't do anything else, <laughs> he'll, fr- he'll be in craziest knockouts in UFC history yep. and stuff like that. Like, uh, it's just always good to see that. And obviously, now he has a, a not necessarily a target on his back, but people are going to be looking for him. It's just like Barbosa, right? Yeah. I mean, or like even Uriah Hall when he hit his mm. um, in the Ultimate Fighter. Right. You know. Also, with a name like Ignacio, you're gonna when you see that you're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's not his name's Tanner, right? You know, or Josh. No, Ignacio stands out. Yeah. He so, did. overall, man, really good card. Yeah. Which we always say this, man. The fight night cards deliver. Yeah. Like the, I can, I'm sure there's been a, a handful, a couple that we've seen that were just kind of meh, but most of the time, man, these fight night cards are good cards. Oh yeah, and you know, as much as. They might be, eh, there's usually at least one or two fights that are they're always, even the main events. I, there's usually not a main event that isn't isn't good because most of these main events would be co-mains or, you know, main cards on per- pay-per-views. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and they usually have decent, like, I know this one was at 10, but another thing I liked about the finances, typically they were doing them a little earlier, right. which is always kind of nice getting done a little earlier. Than, yeah. And being free obviously helps. Yeah. For people who don't want to pay the pay-per-view price. Right. And, you know, these are the guys who are going to end up making their way to a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Pantoja, you know, uh, Cannoneer. Ignacio, you know, yeah. all these guys. Listen, night, who knows where these guys are going to be? You never know, man. Him and uh, Sugar Sean could happen, you know. <laughs> he could. Hey, Sugar Sean had some comments about that um, fighting big names. Mm-hmm. Kind of where he's like, you know, I get paid the same. So yeah. he's looking for some changes if he's getting going to go higher. Yeah, that definitely makes it interesting. Well, that's it on the fight night. Um, let's uh let's preview these this UFC fight night, Edson Barbosa and Giga Chikatse. All right, so this is next weekend. Yes, next weekend, guys, definitely tune in for this one because not only do we have that crazy main event, but we have the Ultimate Fighter finale for the bantamweight and middleweight. And then we have another really good fight under that, which I'm going to let Brandon go ahead and... Are we going to start with that one? Yeah, we'll start bottom up. Okay, so we're start, So starting off, we have a return, and mm-hmm. also, I look at it as kind of a debut, but we'll explain that. A return to 170 for Kevin, the Motown Phenom Lee. Nice. Okay, so he, he he's fought at 170 once before. He fought RDA, if you'll remember, and it was a pretty decent back and forth until round four when... RDA submitted him, arm mm-hmm. triangle choke. And it was kind of like a one-off, right? right? But this time, Kevin Lee's coming off of a double knee surgery, I believe. I think he had MCL tears in both legs or an MCL one, ACL the other, something like that. But um, he's returning to 170, but he's 
it seems like he's pretty committed. Like this is going to be his home. So mm-hmm. I'm excited because I think that he does. I think he just really fits in better at 170. He looked better at 170 when he fought there. I think he's mm-hmm. going to just kind of. I, I think he'll have some some better performances there too. He won't have to worry about the weight so much. Um, and he's fighting a guy that's also up and coming. He just finished um, Mike Perry two outings ago, and Preston Parsons in his mm-hmm. most recent outings. That was that was on the same card as the Makachev Moises card. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy is Daniel Rodriguez. Okay, so he's trained out of the the ranch with Donald Cerrone. Yes, EMF Ranch. Yep. And um, he's an up-and-comer, man. He, he displayed some really good boxing against Mike Perry. And then, like I said, he has that knockout against Parsons. So this one should be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a good name for Rodriguez because everyone sort of knows Kevin Lee. Right. And it's a good chance for Kevin Lee to sort of come back in and try to find his own in a new weight class, man. Try to mm-hmm. get a new start going. Um, Kevin Lee's coming off of a submission loss to Charles Oliveira. Um, which who he's your current champ, so there's no slouch there. No, but he also had a beautiful head kick KO over Gregor Galepsi. Mm-hmm. Talk about highlight reels. Go back and check that one right. out. So, this is a pretty decent fight. Um, both guys sort of trying to come up into the rankings and, and make something of themselves. And so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think uh, with Kevin Lee too is as far as fitting in at 170 with the wrestling and being able to kind of use that because I mean talk about. When we talk about 170, you're getting into Usman and Covington mm-hmm. and these type of guys. So I think he has the skill set. I wonder if maybe the, sticking to this and coming off the double knee is like, you know, you got to probably put on a little weight, probably yeah, have to take it a little bit easier. And the process of weight cutting is usually a lot of like, you know, running, cardio, maybe a little bit bad on the knees. Mm-hmm. So. Something else is um, Kevin Lee's recently transitioned to TriStar, which is for also Hobbies Gym. Mm-hmm. And I really love that pairing. I think that that's a good place for him. Um, he's only had a couple fights with Frost now, and now he's going on this hiatus. So I'm really excited again to see a committed Kevin Lee at 170 mm-hmm. with you know good camps because Frost is one of the best coaches out right. there. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what what Kevin Lee can do. Just the thought of throwing him up there with you know your Covingtons, Usmans, Burns. you know Kiesa. Well, he's already fought Kiesa, but. You know, even a rematch with Kiesa, you know, things like that could be mm-hmm. interesting. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of Daniel Rodriguez. Uh, the Perry fight kind of really put me on, put him on my radar, and mm-hmm. I think he he brings a nice toughness and grit. And yeah, you know, it's it's good to see some people who train with you know the, out of that camp of Cerrone kind of getting up to this level. Yeah, um, we'll talk about it. I'll mention it real quick, but one of the guys in the uh, tough finale. He trains up there too. The um, Gilbert uh, Urbana. Gilbert Urbana. Yeah. Okay. He he trains out of there too. So it's just nice to see some of these guys get some get some love. Because you know, uh, you know, a lot of people feel like I mean, and it's, and it's not that it's not proven, but you know, you kind of re- a reflection of who you train with and mm-hmm. your coaching. So they have a lot of tough guys up there. So it's it's nice to see that cream rise to the top per se yeah um for our main event though we have one of my all-time favorites edson barbosa going against gige chikatse uh barbosa coming off of one of the more peculiar ko wins yeah where the guy was stood there for a few seconds over against a really tough shane burgos who was on a really good run um hit him and then it was like a delayed reaction his head kind of took a minute to register what happened um, which 
Shane's came out okay from that, which is good because it was definitely real kind of worrisome when you've seen it live. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Barbosa's coming off of two wins after a, a tough skid. He had some split decisions, losses against Paul Felder and Dan Ige, which I felt like he probably could have won both of those. So coming into that uh, Amir Khani fight and then now the Shane Burgos getting back on track. And, man, he looks good at this weight class at 145. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems kind of reinvigorated with trying to you know work his way back up. And he's going to really prove if he's really ready for that against a really tough Gige Chikatse, who's thirteen and two, um, just coming off of beating Cub, knocking out Cub Swanson in the first round, it looked easy. Um, he had another first round knockout before that. A couple decisions um, in his first three fights, a split decision, a couple unanimous. But it seems like he's kind of zoned in on, you know, capitalizing on his striking and getting finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're built similar. They kind of have a similar style as far as that striker. Barbosa does have. He is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, so... Yeah, I don't feel like we see much of that, though. No, but in these fights, sometimes when stuff starts canceling stuff out... Yeah. And Barbosa did train with um, Frankie Edgar and Eddie Alvarez and them at one point, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, this is one... The, the You mentioned the styles. I'm really excited to see this one in terms of the styles because they're both such great strikers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got the, the giga kick, I think is what we're calling yeah. it now. Because um, he sort of found a home for that. And then Barbosa... Also a pretty proficient kicker. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, and it's funny is because they kind of have is the matchup is going to be great because Giga kind of has a more kind of laid back, set up your shots, you know, maybe counter striking. But Barbosa is forward. Mm-hmm. That quick jab is boxing has been looking a lot better the past couple of fights. Mm-hmm. The leg kicks, the body kicks. We talked about the wheel kick. Like yep. he's just a walking weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if Giga takes his time. He might be in trouble. You eat a couple of them leg kicks, you can't walk the same. Stuff's not going the same. Yeah, this is a big step up for Giga. Yeah. You know, this is really going to let us know. This is another one of those, you know, winner probably is really close to, you know, getting into that talk, top five talk and up. Um, for Barbosa, you know, he's had some trouble with some with some guys who can kind of stop him from moving forward. I know, mm-hmm. like, Cerrone dropped him with, like, this clean, straight jab. Um, he's been stopped by a body kick before, um, but when he's able to put that pressure and the way he's been putting things together since moving to 45, it's tough. Yeah. And then for Giga, like I said, this guy's just been making it look easy, so I don't think he's going to be able to stay as um, reserved with somebody as seasoned as Barbosa, but also who's going to just bring it to him. Yeah, we'll see. It's kind of, you know, like you said with Barbosa and the pressure, it kind of depends, right? Like, I, I think that's going to be one of the stories of the fight. So is Barbosa going to be able to implement his game in terms of the pressure and pushing forward? Because where Barbosa tends to not not thrive is when he's being pressured. He's mm-hmm. getting backpelted. So you look at Gaethje, Habib, Kevin Lee, which that was kind of a wonky fight. But when, when he's being pressured, that's where we t- tend to see mm-hmm. some struggle. So is Giga going to be able to do that because his style isn't necessarily pressure, 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 like you said? Yeah, and, you know, with that – you know, coming down to 45, you know, it might be harder to push Barbosa back mm-hmm. because he's he's jacked. <laughs> he's a big, yeah. He's he in good, good shape, man. man. Um, yeah. So this one will be interesting, man. I think, you know, winner definitely gets into that realm of being able to kind of call their shot as far as moving up and getting a big fight. Maybe two fights from a, maybe even contending, you know. Yeah. Um, It'd be but, good for Barbosa, man. Yeah. I think for Barbosa, it's this like, 
I'm ready to take that big step that, you know, I kind of struggled with at 55. Mm-hmm. And for Giga, it's I'm for real. Now you guys have to deal with me because I've took out a guy who's took out a lot of other really good people. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I've, like I said, I'm a huge Barbosa fan. And this mm-hmm. bounce back for him has been really great for me because, you know, a lot of my favorite fighters are retired or have been losing. Yeah. So, so you just kind of got Barbosa and Aldo. Yeah. Really about, too. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm an Izzy fan now, but I've been a Barbosa and Aldo sure. fan for a lot longer. Oh yeah, years yeah. and years. Uh, also on the card, which I had mentioned earlier, we have we do have the Ultimate Fighter finale. So for the middleweight winner, it was supposed to be Treshawn Gore. But he's out with a knee injury, so now Brian Battle will square off with Gilbert Urbina. Urbina, such a cool name. Yeah, Brian Battle. Yeah, it definitely kind of writes its own. You know, for like a fighter, mm-hmm. like if you were to like create a fighter on the UFC and not use your name, that's like one of the ones yeah. that preloaded. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. And you know, I haven't I haven't watched a lot of the Ultimate Fighter. I think I watched like the first five episodes, mm-hmm. but I binged them, and I caught up. And then I just you know, this month has been crazy. And yeah, I watched all four when I was in Florida, mm-hmm. and um, since then it's been tough. Man, there's just not enough time in the day, man. Yeah, it's hard. And you know. Not that I'm not excited for the Ortega and Volkanovski, but sometimes when you get you get so many views of these, like you see these people on a more regular day to day, they kind of lose that lore of I just like them as a fighter. Mm-hmm. So like for me, like Ortega's come off real corny, and like um, I don't know. What do you mean? Like he's kind of forcing stuff? Yeah, it's like the hey, put on your puffs. We're just sparring today. Like the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, like when he was asking the team members if they wanted to be on his team yeah. Or, yeah. or. Only come to me. <laughs> if you don't want just me, I don't want you. And then like he showed up there to the house and was like getting his hair cut. And he's like, I don't know if I want to open up to these guys. I don't know if I want to talk to them and tell them personal stuff about my mm. life. It's like these dudes are starving themselves for, you know, because you got to stay ready. Right. From injuries and stuff like that. Keep on weight. You're living in a house on top of the people you're supposed to be fighting like mentally they're in like war yeah and you're just for their career and you're making it about whether or not you want to open up yeah it's just, <laughs> i don't know man yeah. i mean he's a great fighter and stuff and he's probably a really good dude it's just same thing for me with ronda when i seen once i seen ronda on there i just something else to remember too is with that you know that we only see what what the ufc wants 100 percent, and they probably you know cut stuff a certain way yeah. and because you can go back and listen to um volkanovsky when he did this his jre interview and he talked about some things that didn't get aired mm-hmm. and so you know things like yeah. that also on there we have the bantamweight fi- finale with ricky Teresio. turkey i like it yeah no i'm that's probably butchered, so he'll probably win <laughs> against uh, Brady Highstand. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember these two as much. I do remember the Gilbert. I don't remember seeing him fight because I don't think I've got to that point yet. But, um, you know, these guys, as of late, have been um, pretty big factors as far as uh, just being at least, you know, good middle card guys not all of them are necessarily making it to the highest level right but i mean we just talked about brandon moreno we talked about pantoja those are two ultimate fighter guys um and you know bantamweight and middleweight could use some some young blood or some new new faces so yeah it sucks for that Treshawn gore because i did get to see him fight and he was really good um hopefully they still give him you know some shots coming back in but yeah the 30 i mean uh middleweight too i think because izzy's kind of running into that problem where he he's he, lapping like, yeah he's he's kind of lapping people so they can definitely use some new blood for sure 
All right. Well, let's do an update. Okay. So we're looking at the scores right now. Yeah. Okay. So last night, your yeah. boy <laughs> came out with three points. So right now, the current scores. Hold on. Let me get them pulled up. I'm behind. Okay. So Nate is sitting at last place. Ooh. Which button? Oh, that turned up the volume. Oh, no. Try it again. There it is. <laughs> Nate is in last place with 49 points. I am in second with 52, and you are at top with 55. So you came away, you came away with one because you had Cannoneer, and then I had the three. So I'm behind you by three points. Nate's behind you by five. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so... Get, I'm get, getting a little closer. Yeah, it's getting a little bit more competitive. It's starting to get starting to get tight. At this point, it's like I'm almost tired of winning. <laughs> it's like just if, not even fun. Yeah, like if I lose one. at this point, it's like, <laughs> dude, I feel like you know you sit at the top for so long. <laughs> just get tired of the uh, heavy is the crown. Yeah, right? man. You know, it's just it's tough. So let's uh let's pick on the two fights we previewed. Okay, so uh, we'll start with Nate because he sent me his picks. Yeah, he's last, so it doesn't. He gets yeah, the first pick. Okay, so Nate has Giga. By fourth round TKO. Mm. And I like that pick. I think I'm going to go with Giga as well. Because I think he's just I think he's just on a train. And I think that, you know, I think Barbosa is one of those that tends to fold with pressure. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those times. And I I don't know. I think this is going to really show us what Giga's made of. So I'm going to take Giga. Hmm. I don't know if I want to go with TKO or decision. I'll go with third round TKO mm. for Giga. Uh, surprise here! I'm going with Barbosa. <laughs> Shocker. And if we're being honest, the past couple of times I've stayed with my guy, you guys go against him, and it's like, oh, you're obviously picking him, but maybe it's not the right, right move. <laughs> it's gone well for you. It's gone well. I'm going to go Barbosa second round KOTKO. Okay. I think he he does a really good job of pouring it on people, man. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. What does he have for our uh, our other fight, uh, okay. Kevin Lee? So he's got Kevin Lee by unanimous decision. Which I think is a pretty safe pick. Right. Um, I'm gonna go with Kevin Lee as well. Um, I feel like this is a big risk because he's—I don't know what he's gonna look mm-hmm. like after these surgeries and everything. But I'm gonna take Lee, and I'll say I'm gonna say TKO in round four. Mm. I think maybe he can if he wrestles. If he pulls out his wrestling, I think he can. Well, that'll probably him. only be a three round. Fight. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Round three. Okay. Yeah. You said TKO round three, and Nate said uh, unanimous. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, I really like Daniel Rodriguez. I really do. I think Kevin Lee might be a little too much too early for him. Okay. Um, he's a big boy. He's a, he's a true one seven year. He he's, is. He doesn't have as much experience against top level guys. Cause so. Kevin Lee's only one seventy fight was against RDA, who I think is a pretty true 55 er. So yeah. I don't think, I don't think Lee's really fought a seven year in my opinion. No, but I think he's been in there with guys who can, who do have good boxing and, you know, stuff like that, the stuff that Daniel will bring. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Kevin Lee. Um, I'm going to say second round sub. That's a pretty good pick. He's Use got that subs. wrestling. Yeah, he's got some more on it. He's Get got down some there. subs. So, okay. That's pretty – I'm excited for this card. Hopefully you guys definitely check it out. Um, before we go any further, because uh, we did a horrible job of this last week and we're going to do it now, uh, <laughs> we need to make sure that you guys are rating and subscribing, you know, Get on Apple Podcasts. Give us mm-hmm. five stars. Leave a review. Yeah, say something nice. I think we have some to read. I don't have Apple Podcasts, so um, I can check real quick. You can check to see if we have some new ones. I think we have, or we might not. You just check just in case. Okay, because that's usually stuff that uh, Nate pulls out. But definitely rate and subscribe. You know, hit us on Spotify. Download. 
uh, get on our social medias, Neon Belly Podcast. Hit us on Instagram. We message back. We're in the stories. We're trying to be interactive. We want you guys there commenting on stuff, telling us if we have really bad opinions, especially Brandon. Tell us if we have really good opinions, <laughs> Listen, especially me. I am somebody who likes to argue. So if yeah. you feel like I'm wrong on anything, please don't hesitate to say so. Right. Because yeah. I, will, I will say something back. Yeah. So... Like I said, rate, subscribe, get us on, on social media. We need you guys. We love you guys. Uh, let's get into some some other organizations fighting. Uh, oh, we did read that one, so we're good. Okay. All right. So we have some PFL that happened, I believe it was Saturday, or it was Friday. Um, and I actually talked to Nathan about this guy because he actually got to watch it while he was on his honeymoon. But they're, they had their heavyweight and then their women's... What's Kayla Harrison? Is she's the 45 or 55? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. I think she's 55 because she wants them to come up. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, Cyborg's 45 and she's yeah. talking about, yeah. Yeah, so she's their lightweight. So they have their heavyweight and lightweight. Um, the, the For the heavyweight, we had Bruno Capelosa. He uh, put his ticket in to go to the finals. Cool. He, um, he, uh, he looked really good. He's a Brazilian guy. Um, I was talking to Nathan, and he was talking about how, like, man, this guy could probably make 205 and be a super big problem because he kind of has, like, that steep A build where he doesn't necessarily look like a huge heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of lean. Yeah. And then I seen – I can't remember the names of the other guys who – the other guy who punched his ticket for the final championship, but it was, like, a wrestling match. And the guy he, that this Bruno beat was also a wrestler, but he was able to knock him out, so. Right. Um, that becomes interesting. And then obviously, uh, if you guys seen it on our story, Kayla Harrison just dominating. No surprise. Um, you know, she just kind of ran at this girl and ducked under, grabbed her leg. That was that got on her side control mount and hit her 50 times. <laughs> um, her and Nunes would be so cool. Oh man. I, I think there's a lot of good fights for her. Her post fight comments were all hilarious. I don't know if you've seen, um, one of the media people said that uh, Cyborg had tweeted, I can make 55. I saw that. And that's all she said. And then yeah. that Kayla Harrison was basically just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then do it. <laughs> like, okay. And then she also said that uh, nobody can stop her takedowns. Not even, or she said she could take down Israel Adesanya. Ooh. Dang. Which, okay. I mean, she is Olympic level. She's really good. But also... This and this is what I have to say about her because she needs real challenges at this point. You mm-hmm. know, not that these girls that she's getting thrown aren't couldn't be good, but once you reach a certain level, it's you're going to either keep on getting paint cans or you're going to have to step up. And it's not to her part. You know, there's only, I mean, Carissa Shields is probably the only other name that they they got over there, but she's not ready for that. Yeah, no way. But you know, the way she kind of just ran straight at this girl and kind of ducked under just to like grab a leg. We talk about a Nunez and even like a Holly Holm and some of these other, you know, Jermaine, some of these good strikers. You can't just kind of rush in like that and just duck your head under because you're going to get kicked. You're going to get uppercutted, need. Sure. Um, but, I mean, she probably just does that because she knows that she can. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't, you know, how much of that is just because she kind of knows the competition she's up against and yeah. she's fairly confident that she'll be all right. You know, I, I have a feeling if she were to fight you know, a Jermaine, um, somebody that's a bit more higher caliber, I guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe we wouldn't see such a confidence out of her. Well, and it'd just be interesting to see, right? See her against a big striker, somebody who can, you know, put pressure on her to where she can't just come forward. The weight, man, that's the only thing. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing I don't know how to get around. And, you know, 
and I think Amanda would be fine because she moves really well. But like even somebody like with fighting Kayla, if somebody you know lands them leg kicks, start using the jab to keep her away yeah. to where she has to kind of sell out to get to that because she's not necessarily doing these like groundbreaking double legs sure. and like you know high level wrestling as much. She's getting to the to the fence, grabbing them, trips, yeah. throws. Yeah, well, her background is judo, yeah. you know, so it's just like Ronda, right? We didn't see anything. We saw takedowns, but it was kind of like one of those, they were just real unique, yeah. but weird. Yeah, if she couldn't just get a headlock and turn sideways, she it was a little struggled. bit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if somebody, I mean, and like I said, these like Cyborg, Amanda, you know, I say home, but I don't think home can make 55. I don't know, man. She's, mm, I mean, I she's going she down. I mean, she's she's thirty five right now, right? She's gone up to forty five, but she didn't look great. Home, yeah. Mm. But you know, like I said, there's just some of these girls that with their striking, you and then you know it's hard to you don't want to compare Kayla to Ronda because she is doing things a little bit differently. But yeah, I mean, Ronda wasn't wasn't getting mounts and doing these things no. like she was getting arm bars and. But I will say on the flip side. Ronda was also knocking some girls out who just didn't have any really good striking either. That's a good point. And that's why people thought that she would be fine against Holly Holm and then Amanda, and then it wasn't the case. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I think she does need a challenge, and, you know, I think uh, you're starting to see, you know, with AJ McKee and Bellator and, you know, Kayla Harrison and some of these fighters and these other organizations is, although they do have good fighters, they want either a big money or a chance to fight the best. So I think she's going to fall into that, which, I mean, she should. You know, women in MMA isn't, if they don't have a dominant champ, it isn't always easy to get the eyes. No, it's not. It's sort of like the flyweights, right? Right. And they kind of the same problem. I, I don't even know what to attribute it to. I really don't. Well, I think, you know, part of it comes from, you know, the toughness of the division. You know, for Amanda, she's beat all the legendary people at this point, all the people you could throw in front of her. So... But for Kayla, you know, if she keeps on just getting these random people, it's just not going to go the same. I don't feel like she's going to have to get a name. She's going to have to get, you know, maybe go to Bellator and get Cyborg or something because it's so hard unless you have another name to, like, add to yours. Yeah. Got to wonder what those conversations are like with her and her management team and then the organization. Like, what are we going to – what's next? Yeah. I think she's uh, managed by uh, Habib's. Ali? Oh, that's right. Yeah, she is. She's with Ali. Because I remember, um, because she just got interviewed by Hawani, and I guess, I think they're called like Dominance or something. Mm -hmm. Dominance MMA. And uh, I guess he's kind of got put on like a blacklist by them about interviewing the fighters from there. I don't know if he got into it with Ali or something. Yeah, Ali's pretty emotional. And he basically uh, told that Kayla, like, and you had the, she said, he said like, uh, excuse my wording or something, but you had the balls to come tell him, no, I'm the fighter. I'm going to get interviewed by who I want to get interviewed by. Like he was kind of <laughs> like wrestling promo. And yeah. Yeah. But she's, you know, she's like I said, her post fight comments are always usually pretty funny. Um, she, she talks the talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, she walks the walk in the fight she gets. I just love to see her get those, those bigger looks. Yeah. Cause she's a little older too. If I, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So she's, she needs to get on it. If she wants something big. Well, and you know, who knows how long Amanda still fights. Yeah. You know, she's she, been talking about retirement, mm-hmm. you know, cyborgs up there in age, like you're running out of, going to run out of chances to get to these people. Yep. Um, moving on into Bellator. Uh, there's not on this event. I didn't know pretty much anybody else, but the main event was UFC vet Chet Congo. Oh, at, eight, at the ripe age of 46 
gets a win second round uh rear naked choke over Sergey Kar- Karatov, Karatonov, mm-hmm. something like that. I'll take it. Um yeah, man, this guy, I guess he looked real sluggish at first. Um was taking some shots and then just kind of does what Czech Congo does when he does win. Just <laughs> turned it on randomly and pulls something out of his butt. Yeah, that's a that's what that's what he's known for. But man, 46 years old. How old was Rainy Couture before he retired? Did he mm, hit 50? He might have. I want to know. I guess I want to know who the oldest active fighter is. Probably Fedor. I don't know how old he is. Fedor has been in the game for a <laughs> long time. Yeah. Maybe like over 50. I'll look, I'll, let me look that up while you're. Because you got to imagine, he was probably in his upper 20s when he was doing Pride. Fedor? Yeah. And then there was obviously, I mean, since then, it's been a while. What I will say is interesting about Bellator. Real quick. Am I wrong? Fedor is 44. Dang. He must have been like 16 in there or something. <laughs> I, you know you know how fighting is, though. You know, a couple of years pass and you feel like it's only been one. Yeah. Um, what I will say is interesting about this Bellator card. It was Bellator 265. How did Bellator catch up with the UFC? In terms of their numbers? Like, yeah. Like Bellator 260. They must just be doing like four, like a pay-per-view every month or something and or they don't have yeah maybe they just don't count fight like they don't do fight nights like ufc does maybe they all like every event is a number that's what i would say because that's crazy <laughs> ufc's been around for so long yeah 20 some years but ufc obviously doesn't count their fight nights and undercard like the free cards towards their pay-per-view sure numbered things but i thought that was pretty interesting and i mean good for Chet congo yeah, good for him, man. Uh, it does make their heavyweight division look a little weird because I, I imagine he'll probably like get a fight against Ryan Bader for the heavyweight title or something for that because their heavyweight division is just weird. Yeah, I don't know. The Bellator is one of those div- um, organizations because they're on. Are they still Paramount? Mm, I'm not. I think they're on. They're on Showtime. I think is their where their pay per views come on. Okay, but yeah, then. They have some really good fighters and really good divisions, but some of their weight classes are just like, ooh. Not the, not the greatest. Yeah, Ryan Bader's their 205 and heavy. Not to say Ryan Bader isn't good, because he is, but he's one of those guys that... Did he reclaim the belt? I thought he got beat. Um, he might he might have. I can't remember exactly. I know he, at one point, he was both. Okay. Um. But yeah, so good for Chet Congo. Moving on, bare knuckle UFC vet Alan Belcher wins unanimous decision in his debut, and he's a heavyweight now. Mm-hmm. Just jacked. <laughs> so that Johnny Cash tattoo looks probably a little bit better. Yeah, because he's got some. He's thinned Cause, out because he was a middleweight. So he was an eighty fiver. Mm. He uh he fought Tony Lopez, who's um. He did MMA fights too, but he's kind of been there like gatekeeper at heavyweight for the bare knuckle. And then he's fought like that Joey Beltran and a couple other guys who are in the UFC. And then Melvin Gillard loses via DQ for an intentional foul. What'd he do? I didn't. That's all it says. I didn't watch it. So, <laughs> well, it sounds like I have to go back and watch that one. It's very Melvin Gillard ish, though, right? Like yeah. He, this guy has the most potential of anybody ever. You know, he's just kneeing guys in the solar plex in the UFC and just looking really good. And then, bang. Just out of there. Did you know uh, he's fought Adesanya before Adesanya made it to the UFC? In an MMA fight? Yeah. Adesanya beat him. How'd he beat him? Uh, he, he finished, TKO'd him. He finished him, like, ground and pound. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's what we got for 
for the other fight organizations. A little bit of boxing news. Manny Pacquiao gets upset last night by 37-year-old Jordanis Ugos. Mm-hmm. Ugas. Um, he was like a like a plus 360 underdog. Like there was there was no way he was supposed to win. He just kind of put on a show. Manny kind of showed his age. Like he looked like he was he was as old as he is and I think Manny said he's like 60-40 on probably retiring. Yeah, I don't so I didn't watch the fight, but I did see some of Pacquiao's statements afterwards and I guess he was complaining on on leg cramps, is that Yeah. Right? Yeah, this Ugo's he's he's got a pretty decent record, but you know, now he's um you know, a welterweight champion and Manny was supposed to fight Errol Spence who is a like number 2 pound for pound in boxing. But Errol Spence had to get surgery on his eye. Um, but, you know, a lot of people thought Manny Pacquiao was probably going to get just stomped out by Errol Spence. And some people, and I'm included in that, thought that, you know, Manny's been looking pretty good. He's a veteran. You know, he he might be able to surprise some people and put up a good fight. But based on this fight, if Errol Spence would have been able to fight, Manny would 100% be done and retired. And yeah. Yeah, it's it wouldn't have been good. Um, also, real quick... I know you're excited. This time next week, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. Ooh, I am kind of excited about that one. You know, it's so I was telling I was telling Nathan this. You know, as as much as you've had some fighters come out and say that Woodley's just gonna dog Jake Paul, there's been some fighters coming out too that are saying that they think that Jake Paul is gonna get Woodley. So listen, <laughs> I was talking to my friend uh, Duran Austin last night on the game, and they were asking me about it. You know, they're not really big into fighting, but they know who Jake Paul is. They know who Tyron mm-hmm. Woodley is, and they asked me what my thoughts were on it. And I told them, "Listen, the closer we've gotten to this, the more terrified I am that Jake Paul is going to go in there and do either win by just you know looking better, or in some crazy universe, which may not be that crazy, he knocks him out or finishes him." Man, boxing is a different sport, man. <laughs> you know, it is. outside of Anderson, we haven't seen anybody really put it together great. Um, is the thing. I'm a I'm a sucker for a uh, a good trolling, and if Jake Paul can pull this off, I mean, he can call out anybody. Yeah, he'll kind of be in a he'll be in his own little realm there. You know, with Logan, you know, seeing him lose to Floyd, but. You know, staying around and not like necessarily getting finished, he gets a little bit of leeway of like, oh, I can call out blah blah blah. And well, Connor got finished. He's like, he can just say, you know, I went, I went the full. Well, I guess it wasn't twelve rounds, but you yeah, know, I went the full time with him. Yeah, man, it's um, it's a circus, and uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I think I feel like I have to see it. So yeah, hopefully, I know that they were they were wanting to work some um like the. I think it was Anderson getting on against Logan on the undercard, but that didn't end up coming through. And now mm-hmm. they're doing the Anderson Tito for that trailer or whatever. But um, I don't know who's on the undercard. Hopefully it's some more celebrities. It's always funny to see uh, rappers, actors, yeah. former athletes. It's fun, man. There's there's a there's a business there. I'm sure. just I'm just ready to see that Mario Lopez matchup. Hey, he's a purple ball. Purple Belt owns part of the UFC, man. Yeah. He's probably going to take over for Dana. We don't know. Him and Justin Bieber? Ooh. JB, have you seen him hit mitts? <laughs> no. Oof. Is it not very good? No. Well, maybe you should throw him with Stephen A. Smith or something. More like Steve-O. Okay. I guess he is kind of little. 
Yeah. Stephen A. Smith seems like he'd try to ask if he can keep his shirt on when he boxes. <laughs> I mean, I just, it's, it's not pretty under there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's get into, ah, dang, I don't even know which button is the news. Uh, I'm going to turn this down a little bit. Nope, that's not it. Nope. Yeah, there we go. We're going to turn this back up and hit that again. Let's get into some news. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll kind of start here. So go ahead. what I have is, um, so Jorge Mazadol signed um, Bigfoot Silva to one of his bare knuckle MMA events. Mm. He's facing a another former um, UFC fighter in Alex Nicholson, and mm. it's going to be a three round rain, three round main event. So I need to, you know, I've never seen. I still haven't seen video of the first one. I did. It was pretty cool. I just. I'm so fascinated by this idea of no gloves mm-hmm. in MMA, being able to use, like I said, more jujitsu mm-hmm. more effectively. And I like it. I, yeah. I really liked the first event. So, well, I didn't watch the whole event, I, but I saw the main event fight. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I enjoyed it. Nice. Um, then the other other thing I had, the other thing I have was the um, Alexander Gustafson is out of his UFC fight night bout with Paul Craig <sighs> due to an undisclosed injury. I know Nate was real. He's probably going to be real sad about that one too because he was, yeah. he was well, looking forward to that. And it's just like for somebody like Craig, you want to see him get this fight. And Gus is an, always an exciting fight. So anymore, it just sucks because it just seems like you're almost waiting for the other shoe to drop for most of these fight announcements. Yep. Yep. Well, I got some pretty interesting stuff to hit you with. I know you're a huge Brennan Schaub fan. Oh, I don't know if you've seen, but he had. Report on his podcast talked about. I guess he rescued some children from a car crash. Okay, and um, he's been trying to like raise money to help, like for like help the kids and with the funerals and stuff. And as as a big Brennan Schaub fan, you know he has a lot of people who don't like him. Mm-hmm. So there's a decent amount of people who are coming out and saying like he's lying, like he didn't do this. But like in the in the interview or in the article I read, it says like the names of the family and stuff. So I feel like if he was lying, they would come out and be like, "Hey." I mean, somebody can easily fact check this. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to lie, but I don't think oh. he'd lie about this. Yeah, saving kids from a car crash with their parents. Like, from what it sounded like, it was a family driving a car, and a dad tried to like run his family into like oncoming traffic. He lives, the mom dies, and the kids survive because Brennan Schaub pulls them out of this car. Wow. Um, and the dad gets charged with with a murder charge, and obviously because he just tried to do yeah. it. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, good for him, man. I mean, if he was able to do that and truly did it, that's that's good for him. Well, and he was saying that, like, I guess him and his wife were driving by, and she, his wife was kind of saying, like, just leave it, like, this car's like turned sideways. It's not our business. And he's like, there's like a kid like just standing on top of this car, waving people for help. So he goes and helps them out. But I just thought that was interesting. Uh, your other boy, Dylan Dennis, what's he up to? He sent, uh, he says that a huge offer has been made to biz Bing to box me. Let's see if he mans up and takes it. What? And what happened to Dylan? He was in MMA. Is he not doing MMA? Like, what are we doing? I mean, he had two fights, man. So, so he's done. I don't know, man. <laughs> Bisping basically just said, like, chill out. You got two fights in, dog. Like, <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Um, we do have some fight announcements. Uh, Aljamain and Jan is official now. Exciting. For 267 in Abu Dhabi. 
we can set the world right again. Right. Or <laughs> maybe Aljamain figured hey, something I'm out. Hey, I'm not saying that's one way or the other. I'm just saying we got to have a rematch. Can you imagine that turn, though, if he figures this out? like And just goes out there and dust, you know? Yeah. Now the UFC kind of has to, like, all right, man, we'll get you on a real pay-per-view. <laughs> it can happen. You never know. He'll go you, out there and do what he did to Sanhagen to right. wrap him up. You just never know. Um, Dan Hooker is getting announced for 266 in September. He's fighting Nazareth. Good Lord. Take, <laughs> take, take a swing at this last name. Okay, I got it. I got it. Nazareth Hopperost. Maybe that's right. I hope you're right. Uh, he looks just like Kelvin Gastelum if you haven't seen him. Yeah, I'm just going to call him Kelvin. Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about him. Obviously, Dan Hooker is a is an up-there guy, so maybe this is... This guy's put together some good wins. Yeah, um, Hooker's also coming off a couple losses. Yeah. So. Uh, we also have Misha Tate is going to be targeted as a main event for fight night in October against Ketlin Vieira. Mm-hmm. So Misha Tate's getting back in there pretty pretty quickly. Um, hopefully she can she pulls this one off. I mean, getting it being a main event in a fight night isn't something to shake a foot at. As like I said, we've said. A lot of these winners end up getting to the pay-per-views and the co-mains and the main events. Um, we have Anthony Smith against Superman Span. That'll be a good fight. Yeah. Um, I, I, I felt like Anthony Smith has just been so close to almost being retired. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. He's he's doing some of that broadcasting stuff now. He's mm-hmm. got his. Um, I think he does that uh, inside the octagon stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he'll be. He's good, man. I it'll be that'll be a good matchup. Um, what I'm really excited for, uh, Yoel Romero is going to be making his debut against Phil Davis, baby. That's a good one. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I've just been looking to see how he's going to look in there, and I mean, he's always fun to watch fight in general. So mm-hmm. uh, we never got the Yoel Rumble fight. Yeah, and Phil Davis is a good fighter. I mean. He's put some stuff together over there, so uh, so that's it on the fight announcement. Now, the last thing I want to hit real quick is I got some got some uh, qualms with your boy Habib. Okay, I don't know if you've seen recently. He just they did a press conference in Russia, and um, he just randomly starts just going off on my boy Aldo. He went off on Aldo? Yeah. I the guy I I had to rewatch the video, but the guy asked him some questions basically about like which him and I will say this, Habib and his dad are both kind of big on people not having like a second peak or run. Like once you've lost it, you never get it back, they feel like. Mm-hmm. So they ask him and I think Connor got mixed into it, so I don't I don't know exactly how he led to this, but he essentially says along the lines of I got it right here. Let him fight Petra Jan the same way he did, and then we can say that he's peaking again. You saw what he did. He closed up and waited for the ref to stop the fight. That shows that you're not at your peak. If you're getting hit and you're conscious and you're not defending yourself, I call those fighters businessmen. They just came out here to make money. (laughs) Now, here's my thing. The guy broke his ribs. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's back up. So this is what I would say, and this and this was a Russian press conference, right? Yeah. So everything you're reading is translated. Right. Okay, so what I've learned is you kind of have to take some of that stuff with a little bit of a grain of salt because the translations aren't always, you know, 100% accurate. So is it possible, is it likely that he was kind of, yes, downplaying Aldo's performance? Yes, but I, I'm sure I don't know. I'm sure well, he also says there's no way Aldo is having a second peak. Uh, 
and then he says, how is he showing it when he got beat up in the fight against Peter Yan? And then he he brings Connor and saying like, these guys get one fight back and you th- you think that they're back. You know, you beat Cowboy and you act like you're back on your on track. So Connor tweets and says, this guy's still talking. Another press conference. You were he basically said that you've been a you've been ducking Cerrone. You pulled out three fights from him. And he says, your father, God rest his soul, could not believe his eyes the way I beat Cerrone. You disrespect Cerrone, and now Aldo, too, you ran away. Shut up. Which, obviously, I know you'll feel different about that. But here's my thing about the Aldo stuff. (laughs) So then he also goes on to say, like, beating Pedro Munoz doesn't show that you're back on top of your game. But here's my thing. He's still fighting the best guys in his division, like moving up, the the tough guys Mm -hmm. getting to that point. Habib's retired and he weighs 190 pounds at this point. What does that have to do with whether or not he's right about Aldo? But you can't talk about this fight not meaning anything when you're not even fighting anymore. That's what I'm saying. Because you're just a bystander. So? So bystanders can't have factual opinions? You ran away with some good fights still out there for you. You retired. Hang on, you're turning this whole narrative. But no, here's what I'm saying. He's but he's saying that Aldo's still in this for money. Aldo doesn't need money. He was a champion for how long? He's saying he looks at those guys with that kind of performances as business. But that's so man. disrespectful to one of the greatest at his weight class. That's what now that right there is where I get into. I think that if we could hear him sit, maybe say it in English, if it if somehow we could get that like accurately in English, I don't know that he necessarily meant it in a disrespectful way. I think it was. He's never been disrespectful to anybody on purpose. Mm, I don't. Here's what I think. I think that. This Connor stuff maybe has got him a little bit out of his element. Really? And wh- like, why bring Cerrone into this? Why bring Pedro Munoz into this? Why disrespect? Because you're basically saying beating these guys don't make you good. You're, you, can't, you can't say you're back because you beat Pedro Munoz and Chito Vera. Like, I guess to him, they don't serious, look. Though? I guess to him, they're not the same level as Peter. I think really what this comes down to is he's a real big fan of Peter Yon. <laughs> that might be the case. But also <laughs> to say, well, because. You you were conscious and you let the referee stop you, then you're not back. He, he broke his rib. What do you want him to do? I think that this is an example of when you have a favorite fighter and you and you take yeah on your and, end. Oh, so this is all me. Yeah, you're back. To, like, there's <laughs> no are. way you can look at this. Like, I don't know. I just I'm gonna feel, I'm gonna go back and look at this. This what you're talking about because I haven't seen it. Go watch I'm, it. I will tell you, Nate. I did talk to Nathan about this. Okay, and he told me to tell you. For somebody who likes to call people out for trying to remain relevant, a random press conference in Russia and you're just out here dogging active fighters. Is that because he just brought it up randomly or he was asked a question? I mean, I don't know exactly how. I mean, He was asked a question, right? He was asked a okay, question. Okay, I just want to make sure. But you do not have to bring these other people into <laughs> it. If you want to dog Connor, do it all you want. Oh, so it's okay if it's Connor, just not if because it's... Because him and Connor have had their exchanges. Connor's went past the line. I just don't think he did this. I don't think what he was saying was meant maliciously. I think you're taking it maliciously because mm. you have an emotional investment with Aldo. I just feel like you got to respect people, man. I, fair enough. So... Well, since Nathan's not here to pick a song, which I think it still is your turn, but I just wasn't sure. What is your song of the week? Okay, so I'm doing song of the week? Yeah. Okay, so I've kind of gone back and forth with this one because I don't know if we're doing, like, trends or themes. Like, cause you guys have kind of went from, like, rap and then some, like, older stuff. Yeah, I know I talked to Nathan about wanting to try to maybe find a way to – because Nathan did it kind of with the Houston card. Like, you wanted to bring it up – 
he basically wanted to kind of tie it to whatever event we're looking at next. But sometimes that's not easy when you talk about fight car, like uh, just a fight night with Barbosa and Giga, unless you pick mm. Lady Gaga, I guess, because I did call him Lady <laughs> Giga. But, but no, I, I also, I think we also need to remember, we all need to look these up like on Instagram and make sure they're on Spotify because Nathan had a miss with one of his and he had to switch it to a Space Jam song because the song wasn't on. Oh, it's got to be something that we can see. Cause, yeah, because when I put it on the story, I add the music through Instagram and that goes through Spotify. Okay, I see what you're saying. Well, Pressure's that kind of changes. So should I like try to cater it to this event? I don't even know what I would do. Just go with what you had. We'll we'll try to make me, me better about it <laughs> moving forward. Okay, this one's just uh, one for me because I'm a I'm a big Dave Matthews fan. So Ooh, I just I just threw this one go. out there. So you got Dave Matthews, and I'm gonna go with. Well, so this is specific, okay? Because okay. it's got a you it's can find this on version. YouTube. Yes, it's a live version, okay? <laughs> the acoustic so version. He did it. He did a, a show with Tim Reynolds in April of two thousand seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, that's probably my favorite. Like I can just listen to that and I'll listen to any of his other stuff ever. Nice. But that version of Crush. Okay. Okay. So Dave Matthews Crush live at Radio City with Tim Reynolds. Okay. So if that's not on Spotify, you will just be getting the album version, but. Should be on there. Yeah, uh, it's definitely 1,000% on YouTube Music, too. Okay. Well, oh. it doesn't make it available for our story, but listeners, go okay. listen to that version because okay. it's in Brandon's heart. Yes. So before we get out of here, do you got anything you want to tell these fine folks? Um, Nate's Owen too right now. Yeah. So hopefully he shows up next time for us. Yeah, he's he needs to get back on track because yeah. it's not looking good for him. Yeah. Well, I'm going to end things by saying Marvel What If is dope. Uh, it I, is. I hope they turn some of these into maybe one-off movies or their own series. I'm here for it. But that's all we have for you guys today. I hope you guys are having a, a great week. And we'll be back next week with hopefully Nate. So peace out. Peace out.